guys. Welcome to Glitch in the Code here on Iconic.com. Um, I'm here with Chris Thrall. Is that how you pronounce your last name? I should Thrall. have asked before we started. Thrall, That's yeah. Good. Is the author of Eating Smoke. I think you guys probably know exactly who Chris is. He's done some incredible work. And they've been on some amazing podcasts with James English. He's been on with Sean Atwood. Um, he's doing on with, with, with loads of other people that I've been looking at today as well and doing my research the last few weeks. What I wanted to get Chris on to talk about, because I think, guys, you mostly know his background which is incredible in itself it's a it's a bucket list of history as he talks about he's, he's he's completed his whole bucket list of things to do but one of the things i wanted to talk about and i think is very important right now is the fine line between madness and conspiracy theories now i work in the conspiracy theory genre world alternative media i'm also an alternative journalist and a filmmaker chris has had his own experience with with psychosis from um from drug use from in the past there was something that you talked about in one of the videos called the blanket situations, the blanket story, where it all started for you. And I really want to sort of bounce off of that, talk us through that in a little little way, and then we can talk about how you kind of come out of it. And you still look into conspiracies now. So how do you balance that fine line, knowing where conspiracies that are practical and are actually happening go into maybe some sort of psychosis? It interests me where the line is. Really great question, Richard. Let's just make it absolutely clear from the start. Calling someone mad, and, actually, and, and apologies I use the term mad, I know it's inappropriate these days, but let's just call her whatever we're supposed to call her whatever. <laughs> Don't even know what, what we're allowed to say anymore. But, you know, uh, uh, being mad is a very unpleasant thing. Not, not necessarily for you, because you're... You, the world isn't making sense for you anymore, but for the people around you that love and care about you, it's an absolutely awful situation, but it's distinctly different from people going, Oh, he's mad, you know? Um, and it's also, it, it has parallels though, with the way you can feel when you're getting your head around conspiracies um for example what i experienced i was in hong kong when i when i uh, had psychosis and i genuinely thought there was a global conspiracy it would differ on different days my my sort of um fractured thinking you could say and I would be trying to glean information off the back of books and it would all be like making sense, you know, and it would be silly things. Like I'd pick up a packet of um, uh, butter over there. Ghee is, is the in Indian butter, right? And it says on the back, ghee is the secret ingredient that will make everything click. Well, in hindsight, I'm guessing they're talking about like it's going to make your food taste delicious right when you're in psychosis or, or my experience of psychosis it was there's a clue there's a if, if i can get my head around this this ghee stuff everything's going to click they're talking about the global conspiracy and my mind would run like this at 100 mile an hour uh, for sort of manic periods, so so let's just say 
up to 36 hours at a time, sometimes longer, trying to unravel. And, and, but, but here's the thing. Now I'm uh, completely sane, have been for, for 20, 25 years or, or whatever. Or um, my friends would never tell you I was, <laughs> I was sane. But I can assure you I'm, I'm completely rational. And the strange thing is, Richard, my experience of, of psychosis is exactly the way I feel when I first, can we use the term Illuminati just as an umbrella for what, whatever this weird stuff that is going on on our planet and whoever is, or, or whichever factions or groups are, are, are vying for this power, it's very similar to that. And I guess the, the parallel is it's esoteric information, isn't it? It's when you come across a form of language that you've not been a party to before. And it, it's why they call it an awakening, isn't it? Um, all I can tell you is now I I'm not crazy and I don't think my interpretations are crazy. I think I'm probably like a lot of people out there a bit confused by it all. There's certain, um, what was it Donald Rumsfeld said? There's, there's no knowns and there's known unknowns and there's unknown. What an idiot. <laughs> but, but anyway, there's certain knowns that you can't argue. For example, underground groups have gone on since maybe not the dawn of man, but certainly look at the triads who I worked for in Hong Kong. I was only a doorman, I should say, but you know, their, their, their history goes back to um, the ancient Chinese dynasties where they were against the oppressive governments at the time and they banded together in the underground. Um, actually, it was in the marshland why you'll, you'll, you'll hear um, it, it termed as the water margin or the brothers of the marsh who would meet in secret in the marshes and they developed this underground uh, method of communication. So if I go like that, right, you just think I've touched my hat. You don't even give it a second thought. Probably two seconds later, you've completely forgotten it, right? But if you were, a, let's say, my fellow triad, you'd know that I just told you there's six policemen coming. They're coming in, in a van and the, and, and the van is on this street, coming down this street over there, right? I'm, I'm just giving a, 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 let's call it a silly example. So people that laugh and go, oh, conspiracy, it's like, no. If you're laughing, it's because you, you're not understanding the language that's going on here. And of course, there's what uh, Robbie, Williams referred to in our interview, it's interview in our podcast the other day as the red pillocks. And that's the people that just believe in every single theory out there going to man and you are not going to change their mind, even using, you know, any form of sort of rational argument. So it's a great question you ask. Sorry if that's a bit of a, a long winded answer, but that's, that seems to be my life at the moment. No, it's, it's a really interesting question and an important question. If you look at things like the Talmud and you look at the Bible and any esoteric book, 
I think many of us done the research can know that there's at least two, two or three ways of interpreting the same text. And what we're talking about there, and I know you know this because I've, I've watched interviews, you talking about this as well. We're looking at the same information, but it means different things to different people. And that's, all, that's, that's the conspiracy of it, isn't it? That's almost like the Tower of Babel, where they, they, they split it. So the God apparently pulled the tower down and created different languages they couldn't communicate. So the lack of communication can be the conspiracy in itself. So how do you know when, when you were coming out of your psychosis, when did you, and then you're looking into this stuff, maybe it was years later, I don't know what the timeline was. Did you ever think, oh my God, I'm going back to that again, or I need to keep my arm on going back into psychosis. I don't want to go back down those things, but this seems true. I mean, the, the mental gymnastics you must have been doing. Yeah, no, I, I was never worried in that respect for the simple reason my psychosis was directly related to, to the fact I took shitloads of crystal meth. <laughs> the things you do when you're a kid, right? Or, or ex-Marine, I should say. Um, and I, I was actually really lucky. When I stopped taking the drug, within 24 hours, 40, I was completely back to not the old Chris because I'd lost about three, if not more, more stone in weight. It was, I was, you know, and, and, and obviously my, I was hugely suffering trauma from a lot of stuff that went on in Hong Kong, not least to which the fact that, you know, I was having to come to terms with the fact I'd, I'd, I'd been mentally, severely mentally unwell for several months and held down a job working for the Hong Kong triads, which people are wondering how bizarre that is just just read my book and you know i've tried to be as honest as i can in there about about what is mental health and what what is drugs and what's the difference between dr drugs and addiction um so no i wasn't worried richard it was i worked i was able to work out you know it, it, this i i was in psychosis in 96 and I found, I, I was, uh, I don't know what the word is, triggered, enlightened. Um, I became an enlightened individual coming out of my addiction in order to, 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 to not die, which is what, you know, the way I was heading. I, I had to work out the answers. And, and in one day, bang, not only did I realize I've got to stop doing this to myself, but I suddenly saw the world for in a way I'd never seen before. It's like I understood people for the first time, understood politics, what it was all about, you know, the lies we've been fed our whole lives, right? But it wasn't until I'd say, I always refer to it as the events in New York, so we don't get, you know, people can make of that what they will. But the events in New York, and, and it was actually a lecture at my university. We were just chatting, and there's three or four of us in the room one day, and he said, you know what? Someone's saying that what they told us on mainstream media about that um, building, it's, it's possibly not true. And I, it, was the early day, or it was the early days of me having a computer, Richard. So I went home, and I got up some website i don't even know if they had um youtube back then maybe it was the early days i can't remember but suddenly there's these exposures taking place showing what just 
unless you're an idiot, was clearly like impossibilities in the official narrative. And if there are impossibilities, why are they not giving reasons why? You know, it, 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 you didn't have to be Einstein to realize, hang on, this doesn't make sense. And then, of course, that set me on the journey. Uh, this was 2003, so what, 17 years now. I've been what you call awake or, 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 or knowing that, hang on, no, we're just completely lied to every single day of our existence on this planet. And it's so beautiful. It's a beautiful thing to wake up to it. And I know it's tough. I know you go through this tough phase because a bit like what David said, we worry about what people think. When you get over that, and it's just like, fuck off. Do you want to, you know, it's, it's just the way life is, right? Some people won't have that beautiful gift of enlightenment and that's fine. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe ultimately it's not fine, but when you move away from like worrying about trying to convince people or whatever, um, then you, then, then a beautiful thing takes place. Hence we talked about the scriptures you start to understand life at a much deeper, more important, um, more rewarding level. And now I'm in the place in my life through being triggered through what happened in New York, where I'm, I'm, I'm on, we're in lockdown. I'm in my element. It's beautiful, right? I'm, I know it's challenging for other people. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I don't want to take this away from other people, but for me, because I can just sit in the garden and I can hear the birds sing. That's all I need in life. If I've got the sun on my face as well, that's, um, you couldn't, a million pounds wouldn't make me that happy. It couldn't make me that happy, right? So answer your original question. Uh, no, I could distinctly, it, it was it wasn't even like a thought in my mind am i going mad it it's just it, it it is what it is you know it is what it is if 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 things fall out the sky and the physics don't add up well you you've been lied to haven't you it's 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 that simple and um i wasn't at any point worried i was you know i i if you're asking do i question it yeah i but i I question it all now, Richard, you know, what the hell are we living in? You know, is this like the Truman show? If it is, <laughs> yeah. hi, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> it's, you know, is, is this, this simulation that people, well, life probably is. If you think about it, it is a simulation. It might not be a computer one, but it's a simulation of molecules and, 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 energy and time and um you know when you it's, it's again like davis says when you consider a chair is not actually a chair it's a set of molecules held together at a vibrating frequency so, so it's actually billions i don't i'm not a scientist but there's like billions of these things that are smaller than you can see that's there's, and there's loads of them that's what you're seeing it's it it's not a chair right Handy to be able to call it a chair, though. <laughs> <laughs> what did but, I yeah, like about that? Confusing. Do you not think that? I, 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 I it's, Absolutely. 
there was an element of when this kicked off that I was really relieved of like pennies dropped. At least I I can talk to people about these things now. Um, So there was an element of that, definitely a relief. And then I don't know about yourself over the last few months, I've gone from that relief to hang on a minute. People aren't, they're still not going to be doing anything about this. And then there's, it's almost like we're, we're seeing the madness all around us and everybody's having to catch up very quickly. But it's almost that's the human race is are they are the masses going to catch up quick enough? I don't mean in a better or worse way in an understanding of what's going on in the broadest sense of terms. I don't know how you see it. Do you see it? They seem to be speeding up all these agenda elements. There's a real race on here. Yes. I mean, we've just taken. 300 leap years leap forward and we've done it in what three months. It's. It's bizarre. I get my, the way my thinking works is, you know, you hear this, what do they call it in the Bible? The, the end game, this kind of, you know, the end game prophecy and the, 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 I, like I do think, is that like a test that's set for us? And I'm not being like mad now. I'm just saying this is just think the sort of things I think about is, is it that, We've got to find paradise within and not focus on this, this constant barrage of negativity. And as I'm sure you know, it really can, can, it can tire you out. It can get you down. It, it can damage your relationships. You know, you can even have a partner that completely gets what you see. It's just they don't want to focus on it all the time, right? So I wonder if, is, there, is this kind of a, some kind of game test that's set for us from birth is that by the time you die, you needed to have worked out what what the hell this whole whole thing is, and you need to, yeah. I feel I feel weird and I feel bizarrely like disconnected from reality. Just just contemplating the idea, right? Um, what I will say, if I'm not in, <laughs> if I'm not in the matrix and I'm not in a simulation and I don't know if I am not, is for people listening, really, I urge everyone to find paradise in your own heads because that way you can step in here. I'm not saying you don't continue taking action, but you step in here and nothing can touch you, you know? Um, that's like my bottom dollar is I, I'm in paradise every single day. I can be having the worst day ever that other people would just let affect all their actions and their mood. And I'm like, but I still live in paradise. I don't care. You know, I don't, I don't care. Um, that could be a good defense when they lock us all up in little boxes and st- you know, users for organ transplants or whatever it is they've got planned when we're all in these concentration camps. I don't know. It could be good to, I mean, that's what prisoners have done in the past, isn't it? They've gone in, in into their own minds and they've lived inside. And so I, I, I would urge everybody, alkaline diet, if you don't know what that is, go and learn. Changed my life. If I could only ever tell people one thing, live alkaline live the way you that nature intended your body because if you don't you go out of frequency with the universe and then you experience all this mental hardship and it's horrible and i i've 
been there, right? Other things that take you off this frequency, um, obviously drugs and alcohol. You know, it's great. It used to be great for me to have a few beers in the evening. Now, when I do it, I realize, my God, why did I do that? I did that for about 27 years because it takes me from paradise and it puts me like, like on a, everything's a, becomes a challenge again. Everything, my work, my, just going in the garden. You know, now I go in the garden, I might just go for a spot of sunbathing. By the time I finish half an hour later, I've dug, dug the vegetables over, I've done a bit of brickwork. You know, I've kicked the ball, kicked the ball around with my lad. It, it's just you live on a different level, and everything functions, and you flow, and you get talking to interesting people like you. You know, so that would be the second thing: kick, kick the drugs and alcohol. That's that. It, 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 it's just an illusion. It's not. It, you're not having fun. It's an illusion. Uh, I'm not preaching here, by the way. If you want to drink, go and have a drink. I, <laughs> God knows, I've drunk enough in my life, right? But. Uh, the other thing is, you know, if you want to be free and live as an enlightened individual, which I think Mother Nature or God or universe or spirit, whatever you, you, whatever you choose to call it, if you really want to be free, you, you've got to realize everything you see in the media is a lie. Not just like a little bit of it and the rest of it's good. No, all of it. When you take a truth... And you reconstitute it to your own aims so you can control the mass. That's a lie. <laughs> you know, everything you've been, and I'd say, say when I'm life coaching, yeah, if you want to truly be enlightened, you need to get to a point where you've realized everything is a lie. Your diet is a lie. The pharmaceutical industry is a lie. The, the med, med, I've got to be careful what I say here, but I'll just say it anyway. The medical industry, it's a lie. Um, your media, what you see on your TV, that's a lie. You know, it, it, you, you just go on on your education, the education, your, your, your children. It's all a lie, right? None, none of it are the basic human truths that you need to thrive and, 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 and flourish. I mean, when you go to school, how many times they tell you life's really simple. Just love everyone. This is like a fundamental law. It's a universal law. If you don't love everyone, even your enemies, even the people that bullied you, if you, if you can't practice forgiveness and love, that's fine. But you won't be happy. <laughs> you, 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 you just won't. You'll always think, oh, well, there's something else out there. There's something at the end of the road or next Christmas I'll be happy or... or there's a weekend coming up and going out with a boy that, that, you know, you've got to get paradise in your head and you, you want it all, all the time because it's just brilliant. And where in school did they ever teach you forgiveness and love? And it's all right to go and hug someone if they're upset, you know, check on your neighbor. If you haven't heard from them, they don't teach any of that. They teach you this. Like if you've got six apples and you eat half of them and then you get a banana and you're like what the <laughs> stuff you know you're never ever gonna you know you're never really gonna have to use except in uh, capitalist society so so yeah that's my uh that's my tip for the top folks <laughs> they, they i mean they teach you problem solving so in in uh 
So in, in that unit, if they teach you problem solving, that's it. They teach you that all there is are problems to solve and that's it. When actually the problems come in, the problem solving itself, it ties itself in a knot. Um, what you talked about there is almost like, I can't remember the author's name, but it was a, a book called Man's Search for Meaning. Um, I think it's a very famous book about a guy who was in the, the concentration camps and he, the only way he got through it was to have a purpose, to have a meaning. I'm sure you've read it. I'm sure you know about the book. Very famous book, but it's, 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 a, it's a universal truth is you need to find a purpose and a meaning. I find this sort of looking into these things as my purpose and a meaning to, to understand this stuff and pass on the information, but it also isn't who I am. And I think, again, there's another balance. It seems to be everything needs to be finding a middle ground. How, what's your take on, on balance? Oh, if I was to add one thing to my list of like what you want to do, if you want to be happy, it, 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 it's mindfulness. Any form of meditation where you can just cut thinking and tune yourself in with, with I don't know if it's universal energy. I'm not, I'm not a clever person, but sometimes just, just here I'm in, in my office, I just stop. And in that moment, I'm getting rid of emails. I'm getting rid of, you know, comments in social media. I'm getting rid of worrying about the car needs. Of, I'm just reminding myself that life is beautiful. It's, it's what, uh, mostly what we do up here that, that makes it stressful. And I just disconnect. And I try to imagine every atom, molecule, whatever, in the whole universe is that is what I am a part of. That is who I am. I've always been these these molecules that make me up. They've always been here since the beginning of time. Probably even before that. They, I mean, infinity goes that way and infinity goes that way. So I'm always going to be here. I might not be in this form, which people like to call Chris, but really it's not. It's just molecules, right? But I'm I'm I'm. I'm forever a part of the universe and sometimes I just like to kick back and feel that energy just flowing through me. Um, and in that moment, you can just offload all that shit, offload all the idiots, offload this, this thing, just get rid and just remind yourself, this is paradise. You, you, you live in it all the time. You just don't realize because your mind is conditioned or your left brain is conditioned to, you know, by these sociopaths to always be worrying and afraid of their agenda. And you can get rid of that stuff. It, it's, um, it's amazing. And um, it's so amazing. I forgot what your question was. Richard. <laughs> <laughs> well, what you're talking about there is obviously um, finding a way to kind of cope and, and, and understanding the broad scope of things. And we all know the only, oh, the only thing is death and taxes, but finding balance and in, in anything, in any situation. Also, you talking about, there was pattern breaks, which I really loved is when you, when we laugh at things, like when we barely laugh, we, it's usually because someone said something stupid about something serious, which takes the seriousness out of it, which is a pattern break. So the British are very good at this and sarcasm. So I think that's why we're harder to kind of crack sometimes is because we know we call bollocks bollocks and we laugh at it. Unfortunately, we didn't do that for the last three months, but many of us did. If you, there are all these little tools, isn't there? These understandings that we can use to kind of go, well, that's fucking mad. That's fucking weird. What the fuck are we doing? That's mental. We're quite a funny race, really. We're quite a funny planet to live on, if you really look at it, because it is, the stuff we do is mad, isn't it? Utterly mad. We drink, I mean, I haven't drunk in a year and a half. I stopped drinking, um, but we drunk poison to make ourselves feel better. 
That is mental, isn't it? It is poison. And the older you get, the more you you feel that poison when when you do it. It 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 ceases to become that great thing that used to do when you were, you know, in my case, (laughs) twelve. I think when I started drinking. Um, Yeah, I mean, it is a poison. But these are the lies that are that are told, and they get embedded into culture, and it becomes the norm to suggest a drink at every single opportunity many of them inappropriate or whatever ignoring the massive fact that i mean myself i'm a substance misuse specialist and you ask any drug worker out there they'll all tell you the same alcohol is the worst drug it is though it kills way more people than crack heroin all that's just relatively you know I don't want to say safe, but but the the, what the 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 deaths there generally come from some form of accident, like an overdose, right, or a, or a bad ex, you know, this this kind of thing, right? The alcohol, no, you will drink yourself to death if you don't sort if if you've got a problem and you don't sort it out. Depending on how quickly you drink and how much you drink, you'll die quicker but you will, it will affect your, your longevity, you know, how long you're on this planet, because it's a poison. And you can't poison yourself, even if it's, you know, even if you only poison yourself once a week, it's, it's still a poison. It's going to affect your... your um, so, uh, yeah, but going back to the, the, the balance thing, um, I, I do it in all the ways that I've said. You know, that is what keeps me, ha- yeah, happy every day. Exercise is a great one. You don't have to be out running marathons. I mean, I I ran the, the length of the UK in 2018 to raise awareness of this veteran suicide epidemic. Uh, I ran an ultra marathon every day carrying all my camping equipment. So I just slept on the side of the road woke up after four or five hours kit ran another ultra marathon i did that for 37 days right i didn't do any training for it because i'd had a i'd had spinal surgery beforehand so i couldn't hadn't been running for about two years most of that two years i hadn't been further than to the car and a lot of that two years i couldn't even get to the car right and i i just want to do things like this to show people that so much what we've been told is a myth Oh, if you were run a marathon, you've got to train for all your life and it's so difficult. And it's like it, that thinking is, is, is limiting, you know, it's limiting us as human beings. It's mainly comes from the media when they want to, you know, they want to big someone up for their news story. That's run a marathon and they want to make out. So for my 50th birthday, I did four Iron Men in a row, so like one after the other. And again, they say Iron Man, you've got to train for you know ten years. You've got to be an ultra fit athlete. You've got to be this. You've got to be. A... I just did four in a row, um, and I did eight weeks training. And the longest run I went for during that eight weeks uh, was four miles. I'm just running three miles around my block, which is what I always suggest everyone to do. Just, 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 if you don't want to run, walk just three times a week, just go around the block, 
I did it this morning because I like to get up and do that and then have a cold shower, especially in the summer. You can have a nice cold shower and it doesn't scare the shit out of you, right? <laughs> shock, shock the hell out of you, I should say. So yeah, this morning I just go around the block and that's it, a bit of music. Um, and yeah, that's something I'd, I'd really encourage. And it's that getting oxygen into your body, air, oxygen, oxygen, obviously a component of air and it, and it, and it, it really helps to reset you, you know? Um, so doing these things, I'd say that just keeps me really well balanced. If you're asking, how do you get the balance with all the knowledge, the true knowledge, the false knowledge, the this narrative, the that? Other than the sort of obvious practical suggestion, which is like, don't let it get to you. You still only get one life. You don't want to go through it absolutely, just utterly uh, engrossed in bringing down these sociopaths that, that uh, are, are trying to create a not a very nice world for us, or at least it appears that way, doesn't it? You know, you don't want to like ruin your own nirvana, your own paradise. Because if you affect your, that will affect your family. Your vibration will affect those those around you. You know, so I'd say, you know, keep it like a bit at arm's length. Then you get a bit of rationality as well, and you don't become a red, you know, what Robbie calls a red red pillock. Um, and I, I don't know if this is the right thing to say, but I employ other rationale like. You know, what's the worst that can happen? We're just molecules. What's the worst, you know? We die. That doesn't matter. You, you can't go anywhere. You might want to, but you can't. You'll just become like a bird, to, you know, part of a bird tomorrow. Or, you know, you'll be part of a blade of grass. Or a bit of you will be in a river. It, it, you're still part of this beautiful experiment called the universe. I know other people will have different sort of view, views on that, but I, I use this kind of rationale, you know. I, I'm, um, yeah, am I making sense? <laughs> so something that you picked up right there is, uh, is the um, not being afraid of death. And I've spoke about this we're, in a lot of my interviews I do. Is we, We're entrained and engrossed and in, <laughs> indoctrinated to be terrified of dying. It's the only uncertainty we have now in taxes, I say, is dying. The, the fact is that a lot of this thing that we look at, these eugenic programs and these things that these cult members do, is they want to live forever. They tend to want to live forever. They tend to be terrified of dying. Because um, they're all idiots. take on that why. because it's kind of... <laughs> exactly. They're terrified of the only certainty. It's bizarre, isn't it? Well, well, everything they do is bizarre. If you think, you know, sacrificing a child is any way going to make you... A, improve your lot in life then you're a fucking idiot it's just that simple you know if you think belonging to secret clubs if you you know what is that about that's ego in it that's purely ego based you think it makes you like the big man or the the guy with the in and and yeah i get it i get it there's been time when i was in hong kong i really liked working for the triads 
because I, what do gangs do? They recruit people who are down on their luck, who have nothing in their life, who've been rejected from the rest of society. And that gives you a huge ego boost, right? But what do we know from, our, from, the, script, from the scriptures and from you know, ancient Eastern philosophy is you don't live by your ego. It's actually your, your base animal instincts and you want to live in your higher self. That's your love, your empathy, your caring, your compassion. You know, Chris, you're an idiot. Yeah, probably am. Not going to disagree with you. Well, why? Because I'm carbon molecules. Call me what you, does it matter? Not going to be here forever. Can't hurt me, can you? Like Goggin says, you can't hurt me. It's, it's, this is all, you know, when you get rid of your ego, and I'm not saying it's easy to do, and it can fire up at, you know, you get on social media for 10 minutes. God, your ego's just firing off all over the bloody place. It's why that, that you know, there's uses for that stuff, isn't there? But, God, if I didn't have to deal with it, I'd never go on there. I, I, I still, I still um, get bemused when I see people that haven't got a business have a Twitter account it's like why do you think people want to know what you're doing with your day mm. I mean okay if you have it you know for your family and close friends maybe they want to but it, it's to me it just seems weird I've only got social media because I've you know I made a goal of making it as an author and yeah. that's morphed obviously into into the media stuff these days and of course you do all that you, you've got to have your twitter you've got to have your instagram you've got to have your your facebook right but that don't mean <laughs> it doesn't mean i'd recommend it for anyone that you unless you absolutely need it it's I just think it's so toxic and it's um it's not it, you've got to be really careful it can stifle your education because something for the masses, you just got to be careful around that, haven't you? Because, um, oh, we've got a glitch. I have taken it upon my authority to revoke your access privileges. Journey frame system.